Catch me at the office, ain't really on shit, but counting up dubs and profits. Fuck them if people don't like me. If you think I'm feeling for love, you lost it. Can't trust in nobody today. It's like every time you draw the line, niggas cross it. Yeah, they can't act like they do what I'm doing, but these niggas know what it costs. Be real, nigga, you ain't no boss. It sound good on wax, but the fast screaming back, nigga, you ain't no Ross. Talking like that, get your toss. Don't get all nervous when we start talking numbers that you ain't seen before. Better have your paper right for you come asking around for the CEO Cause nigga, here he go, bow This one straight out the crock pot, what your watch got? I'm about to kick in the door, hit the floor, bust the top lock Make a pop lock when I pop in Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with a very special guest Mr. Darren Waller How's it going, my man? I'm doing very good today, how are you doing? Yeah, doing great, man Thank you very much for joining us I really appreciate you, man I know wow. we've been talking about this for a long time Back and forth, back and forth But it's not happened, man Service. Yeah, yeah, awesome, bro. What were you doing before you got here? Uh, I was at the field running routes and working on all that kind of stuff. Just out there, you know, getting after it, getting to it. You know, got to lay the foundation for the season. All right, yeah, put that grinding. Yeah. Um, so we are in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Of course, my man is originally from Ackworth, Georgia, correct? Yeah, Ackworth. Yeah, you still there right now? Uh, when I'm home now, I'm in Mableton. That's where my parents are at. I usually crash on their couch. So. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in that area right here. All right, so, so you got to play some Vegas, I'm sure. Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, I that. How, how soon, like when are you heading back? Um, I'll be going back Wednesday and then coming back uh, the 2nd to the 18th, so I like to come back and forth just because my training situation has always been good here. Oh, that's so I like to make sure I'm spending time here. Okay, all right, man, good deal. Now, like we were talking about before, you've gone through your story multiple times, and it's an incredible story. I cannot... I can't speak on that enough. Like, it's incredible. I, uh, hats off to you. Seriously. Hat literally off with my top hat over there. Uh, <laughs> so, now, I wanted to go over some things that I think it's a shame that not everybody knows about you with your music and, and that talent that you have there and your great-grandfather and everything. Uh, it's just it's just an awesome, awesome thing that I want everybody else to know about. But um, what was it like just to start off growing up there in Um Growing up for me was very like confusing, I'd say, I guess, just because I had both parents at home. I had an older sister. Okay. Uh, they had us in, you know, a nice suburban area, like provided for us, never had to really want for anything. And um, so it looked it looked great on paper and everything, but it was like <laughs> my life it became hard for me because, you know, I started making friends and the first friends I made were in my neighborhood, they were outside playing and uh, and they were white, but it was like I wasn't seeing it that way. Seeing that, you know, dudes out there playing, doing yeah. a lot of dudes, yeah. and you know, people that look like me, my skin color, were just like, you know, give me hell for that. Like, saying like, I wasn't black enough, or I was really? like, basically white. And it's just like, you know, I had that identity thing from, you know, we talk about like elementary school, feeling like I'm not enough, and feeling like I had to overcompensate uh, to fit in. And I just like in middle school started just acting bad only because. You know, the, it, it seemed like the guys that were cool were the ones that were acting bad and yeah. doing whatever they wanted and kind of brash where I was very shy, very sensitive, very closed off. And I felt like I had to be somebody different than who I was at a very early age. So it was just a lot of, it was very exhausting. Um, yeah. I feel like I had to be somebody else and wear all these masks and stuff like that. So it was, it was kind of tough for me growing up. I, I always try to, you know, lean on sports and football and just being in the South. I know it was like, okay, like, I want people to accept me. I know they would accept me if I'm good at football, so I tried to ride that out. But it was like right. going into high school, it was it was tough because I was, I was smaller than everybody else going into high school. 
Really? Like 5'8", 135, going <laughs> to high school. So I was like riding the bench on freshman team. And, you know, I was getting, if I was playing, I was getting hurt. And, you know, people were like, you know, I had a coach tell me, you should try a non-contact sport. Uh, you know, I was just like getting hurt a lot. And, okay. So it was like, I mean, the jokes, the jokes were kind of warranted, but like all this stuff just kind of like, kind of beat me down. And at like 14, 15, I was just like, man, like I don't really know what else to do. Like yeah. in this world, it's like a crazy place to be there. Like, right, right, yeah. Man. <laughs> now, for those of y'all that are watching, I'm sure you know who this gentleman is, and I'm sure y'all see him on the football field. Him saying that in high school he was a smaller person is hilarious to me. That's why I was laughing because he has to duck to get through the door. Bro. Like it's, it's it's incredible, man. Like I mean, he's you know I thought I was tall. This dude's huge. Um, <laughs> so so that's what. <laughs> So he tells you he tells you that you want to be in a in a non-contact sport or you should be in a non-contact sport. Did you ever try that, like baseball or something? Um, well, I did play baseball when I was younger. Uh, played basketball, but that was like a kind of a contact sport as well. It was yeah. just like I don't know. I just kind of took it like off the chin. It was just like like I know I'm like deep down. I was like I knew I was like pretty good at football. I didn't know that I would be anywhere that I am today. But I was like I feel like I know how to play the game. Right. Football. It's just like it's just a matter of time before that shows. I guess so. I just kind of just like. Just like man, that, that kind of stings. Like it stings a lot right now, but right. just kind of went forward and do what I had to do. Like that really inspired me to kind of get after it in the weight room and do things I had to do to yeah. get ready to get a chance to play. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, look at you now, man. Seriously, pro bowler, man. <laughs> so um, we were talking earlier about your story, uh, how you overcame addiction, everything like that, and you started the Darren Waller Foundation. Elaborate on that a little bit. Um, yeah, it was just I felt like that was a way for me to get back. That's the best thing I can do with the platform that I have now. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact there's got to be, you know, young people out there feeling like I felt when I was younger and I was a teenager. You know, I I turned to to drugs because I didn't really know of anything else that could make me feel good. And sure, uh, I just want to be able to help those young people be able to have other options and know that they can, you know, just continue to bet on themselves, tr- you know, stay true yeah. to themselves because I was so quick to compromise everything that was, you know. Who I was, just to fit in with everybody else, just trying to put my story in front of them and give them tools to make better decisions. Yeah, yeah. And you and recently you started a, a podcast that I've I've cut pretty much every episode. Man, Tyron Matthews is probably one of my favorite episodes. Uh, comeback stories yeah. with Donnie. Yeah, shout out Donnie. Yeah, man. So how did you how did you get in touch with Donnie? Like, how did y'all link up? Um, we met uh, over Instagram. Uh, he reached out to me after the, the whole Hard Knocks <clears> thing <throat> came out. Yeah. And because he's, he's in recovery and our stories are fairly similar. He's worked with some uh, guys in the NFL and, you know, just kind of connected from there and, you know, started doing, like, he's a guy, like, my mental coach. Helps me out, out with a lot, just with my approaches, not just the game, but life. And through that, he was like, should we, you know, he's like, maybe we should start a podcast. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> like, Let's give it a try. Like, why, yeah, not? why not? Try everything we can. And just kind of went from there and were able to get a hold of some pretty awesome people and just ask them some questions and get out of the way and allow them to, you know, just tell their story and what they know how. So that's how I came about. Yeah, right. And it's awesome. It's a great show. Everybody needs to go and download that show right now. Comeback Stories. This is what's up. So, so many people are going to watch this thinking that all we're going to talk about is football, football, football. I can understand why. But, from the NFL, but I want people to know more about your music. I've been a fan of yours as a, you know, as a fan of the NFL for a while. Now, I heard that you were recording music and I had to check it out because 
I hate to say it in like a, like a snobby kind of way, I'm a, I love music. And I've heard so many players that are just straight garbage. <laughs> no, honestly. You know, it's, 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 it's trash. But all they do is they talk about what they, what they, and I get that, they play ball, so they want to rap about that. You don't do that. And I love that. And I've got some close buddies of mine who are in music industry and stuff, and I've sent them your stuff, and they love it as well. Um, shout out T-Pain. Yeah, talk to them, send them your stuff. Uh, Young Cash, a bunch of those guys, they've been listening to it, and they're, they're a fan. Because at first, when I sent it to them, he said the same thing. They were like, man, I was going to do something about football. No, not at all. I think he might make more reference. But it's phenomenal. And I urge everybody to go download uh, Better Call Wall, Wall Street, What's popping? Like just or it's pop. What is it? Popping. Um, popping shit is the popping shit. Like popping shit. Single I came That's right. I, I was thinking about that Jack Harlow joint, but yeah, um, popping shit. It's dope. Just it's it's. How long have you been recording? Like is this is this something that you just started doing when you were a kid or? Um, nah, I kind of always knew I had music in me because I played the piano off the toddler. My my parents had me and my sister do a piano lessons, and then I was in uh, band in middle school. And I really, really enjoyed band. It just wasn't the cool thing to do going into high school, so I kind of just like kicked to the curb. <laughs> but I always knew like I had some musical talent in me, yeah. and I started recording probably 2015, like right when I got drafted by the Ravens. Um, there would be times in college we were just like kind of just freestyle instrumentals, okay. instrumental. Yeah, and I couldn't really <laughs> freestyle, but I'll probably do like two lines, and people would be like, "Ooh!" Like, but I couldn't like keep it going, so I was just like, "I can't freestyle." I'm like, if I write, if I write stuff down, I feel like I would be all right. Yeah, and. You know, I got bored enough in in Baltimore and just you know just being by myself, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start recording. And I started out rapping to the microphone on the Apple headphones, yeah, into the garage band on my laptop in my <laughs> hotel room. And you know, it wasn't the greatest quality, was uh, like that, but I mean, it just kind of ways I can hone my skills. And yeah. so then I bought some cheap equipment, started rapping in my closet. The second year of me kind of recording, and then. In 2016, I got enough courage to, you know, kind of go to a studio back home. Uh, this guy that went to my high school was an artist, and some of the guys that went to my high school were producers as well. So I was there and rapping. They were just kind of like, like, <laughs> like where did this come from? And I was like, I don't know. And it just kind of just took off from there. So I'll probably say like six years now. I've been like, since I started, like actually making music. Okay, so you're as good as you are in six years. That's what you said. Like, okay, there are guys who do this for like twenty some years, and they're not they're not where you're at. So, well done. Like, seriously. So, um, you, you got some guys who are producers from your high school. Like, did you produce any of your beats? Like, did you create any of those? So I made out? the uh, the beat for somehow, some way, and then uh, Booker T on Wall Street. Yeah. Okay. But, um, other than that, it was uh, my guys, uh, Shout Fowler, uh, Smack the Chan, and a guy named Nick Miles. Those are the three guys that are. Okay. Yeah, you've got a, you're a, you're featured on one of Fowler's. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Oh, Rhonda? On Rhonda. On Rhonda. It's a project he did for his mom. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I got you. Um, so take me through your, your creative process. Like, is there, like, do you hear the beat and then you start uh, writing or you write first? Like, do you have like a notebook? I mean, I usually, the beat, I usually listen to the beat first and, uh, you know, the, the length that which it takes me to make song is varies. Like, I don't, think I have like a set process I that I just, you know, churn out at a certain amount of time. Just like some songs may take 
I can record in that day and make a couple verses and hook in that day, but some songs may take months, you know? Yeah, see, that makes sense to me. <laughs> because, like, if you're listening to a beat or something and you're like, okay, you know, and then all of a sudden starts, something starts clicking. Right. When people tell me that they just go in the booth and just start spitting stuff or whatever, I'm just like, what the like it's like I remember one time it was like the Migos today knock out a song like 30, 45 minutes. I was like, shout out to them. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. It's just like, nah, no, there's no need to compete with anyone, whatever, however long it takes for you to make what you want to make. It's, yeah. it's, it's fine. And so you're not the only one with musical talent in your family. Your great grandfather is a pretty famous jazz musician. Like, tell me about it. Uh, history class in college and my professor the professor like ran up to me like the first day he was just like he's like you don't have to do anything in this class you just you just sit there and what? learn about your family <laughs> and I was just like okay so my parents just have pictures around the house yeah. and um, I just never really like looked into it like that I was just yeah. so focused on like sports and all this other stuff but once I learned about it I was like okay like that's what kind of inspired me to kind of start doing music because I was like I have musical ability in me. I feel like it'd be wrong if I didn't try to do what I, whatever I possibly could with it. Yeah. And the thing I, that moved me about him is like his music is kind of like offset a little bit. Like it's just like not like something like you listen to it it's like oh like okay like but it's like it's him though. So it's like yeah. okay like I can make music. I don't have to sound like everybody else. I can just yeah. do me and you know just have confidence in myself. And that's what you learn about him is what inspired me. That's awesome, man. Yeah, seriously. So. Something I wanted to do for you. Um, I'm not gonna bring them out. Nothing. That's kind of crazy. But so, you want moving these for me, real quick? Yeah. Just stuff over here. I went ahead and did something for you that took me a minute, and I was kind of rushing this morning. So, oh up. Some crazy colors out there this year. I've seen that, man. So the green and purple ones, and all that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have these out. I'll have these on in warmups, and then whatever the league says from there. But cool. Yeah, I gotta rock these. Yeah, man. I'm glad you like them. Yeah. But I was, I was sitting there trying. To, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Happy to do it. I, uh, I was sitting there trying to think of what I wanted to do because I'll, I'll do custom shoes for anybody who you know who blesses the show with an interview, and. I was trying to think of what I wanted to do, and I was just like, man, and that just came to me. So I just started working on it, just kind of 
kind of like the way you make your music, it just kind of snaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those uh, those are you know of course the cleats that I want to do. I've got another pair over there for you that haven't been touched. After we're done here, I want you to kind of think like while we're sitting here, think about what you might want. If you can't think about it, you can always contact me later, and I can do something for you. But I got a pair over there for your Air Forces, so you can wear those out in the street. Cool. Um, all right, man. So, <clears throat> so many professional athletes try their hand in music. We were talking about this a little while ago. And I'm probably going to get some hate on it. It's fine. They're terrible. They're not good. And uh, I'm not really political when it comes to that type of stuff. I can completely understand if you want to be. Totally get that. But, um, man, I, as far as a football player, AB is phenomenal. But, man, his music, I just can't get rid of it. Yours, I'm all over. I mean, what, what kind of like, what is it about athletes that feel like they have to just talk about the sport? Why can't they talk about their lives and everything like that? You ever think about that? Um, yeah, you I mean, do. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, to tell a guy that's been, you know, I guess celebrated for how he performed and what he does, and being a man's man to, you know, try to be vulnerable or try to open up about his life experiences. So I get them kind of wanting to maintain that image of, you know, being iced out and yeah. you know, looking cool. Okay. Like so I, I understand it. Um, but just like you, I mean, it's like, I can't ride around and listen to the stuff they put out. Like, it's just not for me. <laughs> that's that's going to be the best answer I've ever heard. It's perfect. Because you're absolutely right. They don't want to show themselves as being vulnerable or anything. I mean, that's, that makes sense. That actually makes me want to listen to some of their music a little bit more, bro. <laughs> for real. Um, so who are your biggest influences? I mean, besides... Um, I mean, coming up listening to rap, definitely Jay Z. Uh, I had a, the Black Album. Oh yeah. When I was here, like, I my father had a Black Album. Um, I listened to a lot of Ludacris, being from Atlanta. Oh I yeah. I really like Ludacris. I had like Chicken and Beer album in Red Light District. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had you know I had Fifty Cent in there, Get Rich or Die Trying. That's my last album. So I was kind of all over the place, but I would say like Jay Z and Ludacris were like some of the guys, and uh, you know I had uh, Kanye West. Okay. Up, so yeah. I would say make sure those guys. Cool. cool. Yeah, Kanye. I like Kanye a lot when I was younger. Before Kanye loved Kanye, boy, that Kanye loves Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ludacris, man, that's that's you're one of the first that I've heard that that's one of your influences, which is crazy because that dude is so he slept on as a lyricist. Yeah. So much, man. So much. Um, so. Who, if there's, I mean, you've done a, a couple collabos, like with Sid Wallace, mm-hmm. Ballard. Um, do you have anybody that you would just, that, that you just would love to collab with, that you just got in the back of your mind that you think would be just perfect? Um, like a dream, I mean, like a dream dude, like somebody you would want to. I mean, collab. I would love to, like, I mean, of course, like Jay Z or Drake, you know? I'm sure, all the guys are just that yeah. Um, I would <laughs> love to do a song with uh, Nipsey Hussle. I feel Ooh. like I love his just his mindset mm-hmm. and um, just his approach style to life with the business to everything. Yeah. Um, he's incredible. Um, I'm a fan. I've always been a fan of Freddie Gibbs. I'm like, this Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah. I've, been, I've always been a Freddie Gibbs fan. I feel like I don't know. I just love his style. Like, his, yeah. Yeah. I love Freddie Gibbs. He really raps. That's what's up, man. So uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. So I love to collaborate with anyone that want to work with me. That's cool. Well, hopefully somebody gets to see some of this. I'll be sending it to a couple of people because they all want me. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Che on that. She just signed up with uh, Nappy Boy. And um, the cat, uh, White Gold, 
who was okay. just on Eminem's album. Yeah. Yeah, he's I sent him some of your stuff too. He's he's a big fan. He likes it a lot. But yeah, so maybe you get a hook with him, man. Like hit get him on a hook. He got another one he did for Zeus. I mean Eminem, nobody knew who he was until Zeus. <laughs> That's a joke, everybody knows Eminem. So what do you think about fantasy football? Um I think fantasy football is dope. Uh I wasn't very good at it. Uh, <laughs> Forever. The whole time I played, but uh, I, mean, I think it's dope. Like people are, uh, people love it. Uh, that's, that's one of the first things that people always say to me when they It's like, man, you know, even my fans, it's like, man, you got to do this. And it's just like, I see, I kind of put myself in their shoes, and it's like, yeah, they want to be competitive with the guys that they know, and you know, if I help them win, and it's like, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's cool, and that they, you know, appreciate me for that. So I think fantasy football is dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Should get into it, man. Should be in the, we got a celebrity league starting up. You should be in it, man. We got Hugh Jackson, um, Taylor Nash, uh, Young Cash, a bunch of guys being in it. So I don't even know if you have the time for that type of stuff. But, uh, so you played fantasy football. You said you didn't do too great. Right. You didn't do too hot. Who was your first pick? Ah, man, who was my first pick? I think it was, uh, was this 2017. I think my first pick was Drew Brees. But it was that, <laughs> one, but it was that one year oh, where – he didn't really throw for a lot of yards because like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram were going crazy. Right. It was that that season, and then I had AJ Green, who was like who was uh, hurt a little a lot, but, mm-hmm. and then I had Jordan Reed, who was in and out a lot. But it's just like I was drafted from a straight talent perspective. It's like Jordan right. Reed and AJ Green are freaks, but it's like I didn't <laughs> understand the whole like you know like how valuable like the running backs are that right. run and catch passes mm-hmm. and like the whole flex thing. I was yeah. just kind of just like, oh, this player's good. This player's good. This player's good. This player's good. And just like kind of over there, but it's like I found myself second to last in the league with like the girl I was dating, her <laughs> mom, her, uh, her family. Like, oh, you were in the league with your girl's family? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all still together? No. All right. That, that fantasy league was not the reason that we broke it's, up. Oh, no. Okay. I was going to say fantasy football keeps fantasy. Nice little shots to the, to the ego, though, right there. Oh, yeah, for real. My <laughs> wife, the first time she was in our league, she beat me for the championship. Oof. She never played before. Never. And that's how everything started. It's fantasy football. I got my ass beat by my wife. So that's uh, that's fun. Nobody really knew that until just now. Um, I'm curious, man. What do you have to say to anyone who passes on drafting you in fantasy football? Um, I'll try to look at it from like a perspective of like maybe you have a better pl- maybe you have a plan. Come on, man. Like maybe you got something in the works. You're not political on this show. Bigger than what you can see, but I mean, <laughs> as far as like the workload that I'm asked to carry. Um, as far as like being like the top receiver on the, on the team, like of any position, just off of how much they get targeted and stuff like yeah. that. So, uh, I mean, I take your chances on me, and I feel like I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reward you for taking a chance on me. Oh yeah, man, I, I I reach for you every every season, and you you come through. So much appreciated, much appreciated. Yeah. So what you got going on for the rest of the day? Uh, I'm chilling. Probably gonna take a nap. Uh, go probably go to my parents' house, mess with them a little bit, but. Uh, not, not a whole lot, man. I, I, t- I tend to take it easy, especially on a Sunday. You know? boy, that's what I try to smoke my own days off. Are you working on anything that we're going to be seeing in the, fe- like in the in the near future for your music? Yeah, I've, uh, as far as the next project I want to put out, I've done. I'm pretty much done with all the recording. I think I have one more verse that I need to do, and I'm getting one verse from uh, somebody else. But the recording is pretty much all done. In the mixing process right now, so what's up? New album? Expect so soon, yeah. New album. Um, I have a song I'm gonna be putting out that I made a theme song for the pod- Comeback Stories podcast. Nice. It's called Came Back. I just, uh, you know, it should be 
on streaming platforms here pretty soon. I just put in the uh, like CD Baby, the whole distribution service thing. All right. And um, so that'll be out soon, and then I'll probably roll out a couple singles before I put the project on. Gotcha. Nice, man. I mean, what, what are you thinking? Like, you have kind of an idea, like a date or a time? Um, I was shooting for April. April came kind of fast. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm starting to realize now. It's like I used to be mad at artists when they'd be saying they drop a mixtape, but then like they push it back. Yeah. It's like, how could you ever do that to me? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this, but now I kind of realize that it's like you know things kind of get come up on you fast. But yeah, definitely by the summer. All right, that's what's up, man. I'm excited for it, man. Um, so that's pretty much it, Pana. I appreciate you coming through and 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 uh, listening to me talk and talking back at me. That's your question. Absolutely. So, um, so that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, to Darren Waller, for being on the show, answering the questions. Y'all need to go download my man's music. Seriously, go to iTunes, Spotify. He's all over the place. Every song on those albums, you can literally listen from the beginning to the end on each one of them. It's it's fire. Seriously, that's what the kids say nowadays, right? Fire. It's fire. Okay, cool. fire. 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 Or fire. Somebody check that. I got I'm pretty a sure you're like a 95, bro. Pretty close. Oh, cool. Damn, I know. <laughs> you're up there. I was <laughs> like 91, maybe. I'll take 95. Hell yeah, bro. I'm. You should be. Hell, catch I'm everything thrown to you, man. What's it, what's it like, man? Like what? How? Like you and Derek Carr, y'all pretty close? Yeah. I mean, I figured you like my friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I figured y'all be y'all be homies, man. He throws that ball to you every time, man. What's it like catching the ball from him? I hear like Matt Stafford and stuff can split. The webbing in your hands. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want that. Derek. Why, like, why would you? Derek, and then it's like, I mean, I feel like all the quarterbacks I've been around, like, uh, even like Joe Flacco and out there, it's like, they can throw it hard. Like, Joe Flacco had a crazy run. They can throw it hard if they need to, but if they don't need to kill you, they're not going to kill you, which I definitely respect. Right. Yeah. Yeah, why would they? The only reason they need to hum it in there is if they're trying to thread the needle and really yeah, get it in. I'm sure, yeah, Matt Stafford would probably rip the thumb off. Dude, I, I've heard, who was it? Um, it was. Uh, uh, Darius Slay yeah. saying that he was defending like he he won't. <laughs> he won't catch a pass. No, 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 no. He'll try and bat it down if he can like this, but like if he like there was one time he was trying to bat it, it hit him in the wrist and he thought he broke it. Another time he tried to catch it and it, it like hit him right in the palms and it split the webbing between his thumb and his index finger. That's crazy. Why would you do that to somebody? Yeah, I've seen dudes when I was in Baltimore day, uh, right now it was our team. Bro, he he's probably the hardest throw I've ever seen in my life. Like Really? People like receivers would be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> for real, like, Jimmy broke a dude's thumb like one day at practice. Dude, I see that pinky, bro. Did that, oh, did it speak? Good God, homie. Did that happen in football? This happened uh, I was 2013 at Georgia Tech, my junior year. Mm. God 
It's a product of Dr. Watch. I put this back in place. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How do you do that? This was boxing. That's crazy. Did you have a uh, Malfinger? Mm hmm. Yeah, I had I had Malfinger on this. The very last play of this past season against Denver, I caught oh. a two point conversion, hit my finger, and it was just like dropped like that. And it's oh. Like, so oh. now it's like, that's the straightest we'll go. Oof. God, dog, bro. Man. Oh, so what? Your tattoos. I see you got the, the Meditating Monk, which I know yeah. that's definitely something that means something to you with the comeback stories. Right. Um, why didn't I think about this one? Whatever we're doing, though. You're recording, right? All right, cool. So, <laughs> the Meditating Monk. Yeah. I've seen, I've watched y'all meditating, and I'm always at work, which that's exactly where I need to be meditating now, man. But what, like tips, do you have any tips like to be able to help somebody just really clear their mind and be able to meditate? It's God, I can use um, I'll say a tip would be um, the objective of meditating shouldn't be to have like a super clear mind because mind is all going bonkers like the first few minutes that I sit down. Really? But it's more so like the exercise is knowing when your mind goes and if you're able to bring it back. It's like, like the first thing I heard is like somebody says like doing like a bicep curl for your mind. It's like, you know you're wandering off and it's like, okay, like, oh, I'm, I'm losing a little bit. Like, let me bring myself back. That's like a repetition yeah. for like knowing that. And that kind of translates to any situation where it's like, I'm on the field and there's people going crazy or, you know, Coach Gruden spazzing out on the sidelines, somebody saying something crazy, like defense is talking shit. It's just like, you can like get caught in it. It's like, okay, I can bring myself back. Like, I don't have to let all this stuff, you know, consume yeah. me or, or mess me up. And, like, I got started in meditation. In rehab, the first book they had to read was 10% Happier by Dan Harris, who was like an ABC anchor. And he had like a meltdown on world news on like live TV, and he got into meditation from that. And he wrote a book, and it's like, it's a very practical way to get started in that, because like most people think like you have to be like completely zinned out and like everything has to be perfect, but sure. he makes it seem like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to, but you showing up and continuing to attempt it and get better at it is what, you know, is what's great about the process. So that's why I love meditating. It's like, I don't have to be perfect at it, and that's great, because I'm not going to be perfect at anything. No, that's fantastic, man, seriously. Because most of the time, whenever I hear anybody talking about meditation or anything like clearing your mind, it's it's so, it, it, I mean, you, it's, got, it's like to the letter. You have to do this, you have to do that, otherwise it's never going to work. And if you get in that mindset, nothing's ever going to work. But the way you're explaining it, the way that you're talking about it, it's absolutely attainable right. by anybody. If they're willing to understand that all you got to do is, I mean, if you're starting, to, if you're starting to spaz or starting to lose it, I mean, there's a way to bring it back. You just got to concentrate. It's just like awareness and just having self-compassion, just having compassion for yourself. It's not like, oh man, my mind's like going all over the place again. It's just like, oh, like being being gentle with your mind. Like, okay, I'm kind of going all over the place, like the monkey mind, is what they kind of call it. It's yeah. Like, okay, like I'm thinking about uh, eating a burger, and it's like thinking about the stuff I got to put in at work, and thinking about you know where I got to take. My girl for dinner, like all that stuff is going there. It's like right. you just continue to be compassionate with yourself and know that your mind is supposed to think about all these things. Like that's helping like protect you in a way. Yeah. But it's like after time goes on, it's like you continue to put yourself back. Then you can start to find that those pockets of clarity, and it can it can be great. That's what's up, man. So that's 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 a really good message. Seriously. So anybody, it, you you can understand. Take a take a note from this man here that you can. No matter what's happening in your life, there is a way to bring it back and you can get through it. That, bro, that hits me. Seriously. This man right there who's holding that camera can attest to the kind of days that I've got to do every single day. And it's just like, bro, it's gotten kind of emotional right now. That's what's up, man. I appreciate that. 
I meet this big ass dude right now, and I'm like choking up a little. That's what's up, man. Seriously, that's that's yeah. that's damn. Philosophizing. <laughs> so man, okay. So no. so meditating isn't, and this is something that that a lot of people probably have like get confused about. Is they all think that it's you know sitting there with your hands and mm, that type of stuff. It's not necessarily just that. It's being right. able to control everything. It's it's learning how to control everything as everything is happening. Right. It's uh it's stillness, you know. It's uh, but it doesn't have to be for an hour. It doesn't have to be for like if you if your regimen is like five minutes, then mm-hmm. that five minutes can be beneficial to you because it's five minutes of you you know investing in yourself and you're subconsciously saying that I could put the world on hold and everything else that is demanding my attention just for myself to be here and be still in the moment. And it's like, you can make your practice whatever you want. Like, I heard someone on a podcast recently that said they do a red light meditation. Because usually every time you run into a red light, you're like, oh, man, like, yeah. damn. Like, like a traffic red light. light. Yeah, it's like, yeah. God, like, I'm catching all these red lights. But it's like, you seeing that red light on you just stop and be like, okay, like I'm here right now. Yeah. Like, I'm in this present moment, not trying to be somewhere or, you know, be somewhere else. Or like, how did I get here? But just like being okay with being at that red light, it's like yeah. something doesn't go great, you can still be in control of your breath and just be in control of how you react to the situation. So Absolutely. Be like, in the moment, too. Right. Like, that's something that nobody ever does anymore. Everybody's always in their phone. Yes. I was just thinking about that red light, the only thing, the first thing I think of is like, oh, grab my right. phone. God, man, but seriously, like, people have eaten, they're never talking to each other, they're always heads in the phone. I put that sucker upside down, silent, and put it over to the side. Right. You got to, man. You got to enjoy your life. But that's that's a really good message, dude. Seriously, thank you for that. No so that a lot of people get confused with that, thinking that meditation is just sitting there by themselves in a room quiet with their legs crossed, and, you know, like like you want, right there. So the rest of your tattoos, man. Anything? I see the um, what is that? The geography? The, no, what is it called? Oh, Ge- the geo? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. First, first guy, a friend of mine, uh, Cheo Nash, has that, and he wanted it on his shoes that I made for him. And I, th- I just thought it was so dope. It's like, does it mean anything specific? Like, there are different designs. Is it just something you thought was dope? Um, oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I honestly just thought like it was dope, like feeling like me and my tattoo artist were kind of going through some stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, I really like that. Like, yeah, just rambling. It's clean, bro. Like I've always, I've always been curious. Like if you have tattoos, like they all mean something. Yeah. I see Jesus Christ here. Yeah, I'll say the one that. Is was for my my thought process that means the most. I have a an hourglass right here. It's made oh like yeah, tree. It's like a. It's got roots on the outside, and it's like with the sand going like think about the sand going down. Yeah, it's like that's where it starts, and it's like any kind of process here. Like with me going back to football or whatever. So it's like I'm growing roots first, and it's like the growth that'll come first is uh, it's not what people will notice. It's like you have to build the foundation for your life before like. Other people will see it before the tree comes up above the ground. Like you have to grow down before you can go up. Yeah. It's like that's what that symbolized to me. It helped me with, you know, being on practice squads and working at Sprouts and stuff like that. Where it's like, man, I know I could like be back in it and like do something. Mm-hmm. It's like I had to go through that process and realize that there were things I had to learn and develop before people would be able to see it and celebrate it. You know? so yeah. Well, that's one of my most meaningful. Ones. That's cool, man. Did you did you think of that yourself, or was it like a design that you saw? And then I saw a picture of it on Pinterest. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. On Pinterest, quite a bit. Are you really? Yeah, my wife loves that, man. I, I used to create anything, but time. I just go on there just to look, look at, just to look, and get ideas. Yeah, that's what I came up with. Uh, that's from Pinterest. The the pop the the baseball bat. 
holders. Yeah, <laughs> I found them. In. That's I what got, I thought they were. Yeah, I was like, I was like, those look like that, but hey, dude, it works. I had to, I had to, I had to delete the app and then I brought it back because I'll, dude, I'll sit there and I'll just scroll all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, what do you do when you're leaving, man? You like to just chill? Uh, yeah, chilling. Uh, I like to read. That, I bet that helps with your rhymes. Yeah. Seriously. That's what uh, White Gold, he said, I always ask what, what tips they have, and that was one that I thought was spot on. He said, read yeah. anything. Read anything. Not necessarily like, you know, like a dictionary or whatever, but just anything. Right. And it opens up your mind. What, what kind of books do you like to read? Uh, I'm kind of all over the place, but just uh, recently getting the books that really, like, just help with, like, shaping, like, my perspective. Yeah. I've been talking about this book. Uh, it's called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I heard you talking about that before. And um, it's just a great book just off as far as like mindset and just like, you know, because I feel like I'm doing all these things and involving a lot of stuff and I feel like it, it I mean, it technically it takes from you because you're putting a lot of effort into it and allow your mind into it, but it's like I need, I like things that fill me up in my spare time. So it's like reading books like that and uh, watching, ser- listening to sermons and stuff like that. It's like I don't watch like just like a lot of TV or just like other things like that because I just wanted to make sure like I'm always like feeding myself I guess. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask if you watch television. You don't seem like that kind of cat that watches a lot of TV. I don't really watch a lot of TV. No, I'll, I'll catch a game on TV every now and then, but um, good for you as far as like TV shows. I, mean, I just don't feel like I have a lot of time for it. Good good for you, man. That's all I do when I'm at home, bro. I just no, turn TV on and pass it out. <laughs> That's what's up, bro. Yeah. Um, so, you read, you you just like to chill and take naps and stuff. I mean, do you do you ever go ball out or anything like that? Go play, go hoop? Um, I do. I mean, I used to play basketball. I like playing basketball. Um, yeah? I haven't played, I played once last summer. But once last summer? Yeah. <laughs> but usually it's like, I'm always like, there's always a point where you're like dealing with some kind of like little nagging injury and it's just like, no, I, hear you. I don't want to go out there and play basketball. I have a little nagging injury. Yeah, like, right. This is not, this is not right. the smartest decision, but when I do get a chance, I love being out there. Yeah, I love playing just, pick up basketball. You dunking on full or what? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> so much. Yeah. yeah My jump shot is either hit or miss out there, usually. Yeah, dude, that's, I'm the same way, man. Last time I played, I hit like, I hit like three or four threes in the day that we were playing, like a few hours we were playing, and it's just like, that's a good thing. like I was, like, <laughs> but some days, I mean, I can't buy a bucket as far as jump shots. Yeah. How, so when did you, when did you hit 6'6"? Six, six? Um, I think I got 6'6 six, six in college. Okay. I, got, I was 6'5 my senior year of high school, but I think I grew another inch after that. Okay. Because depending on the doctor or the gas station I leave, I'm either 6'5 or 6'6. <laughs> it just depends. So when I was a kid, and that's what I wanted to ask you too, is like whenever you were in high school, did they just put you a post and just say, fuck it? Um, I hated that that they did that to me. So like I told you I was kind of small, like my right. sophomore year. I, mm-hmm. But that summer before my junior year, I went from 5'9 to like 6'2, 6'3. <sighs> So you like, had the ball skills, you had the handles. Uh, I had, my ball skills were okay, but I was always the best uh, like on ball defender. Okay, defense. Like a really good rebounder. Yeah, and I could finish at the rim, so like I could score. I could hit an open jump shot every now and then. But yeah, what I brought to the team usually was like, I would say like, uh, like the like more like a Draymond Green skill set. You know, what I'm I got like, you. Like really good on defense. Um, I was the best rebounder on the team. Yeah, uh, you know. It was, could play a physical game or match up with like one through five, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, so I, I that was my role and I accepted it and it was just fine. Like, <laughs> I got you. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, when I was when I was in high school because I was a little bit taller, they always put me in the post in a room in college. 
they, it didn't allow me to develop dribbling skills or nothing. So it was kind of like what you're saying, like, you know who Ralph Sampson is? Old yeah. school ball player. Anytime he touched the ball near the goal, he would just throw it up. <laughs> That's kind of how I was. <laughs> Real good defensive player, rebounder, everything like that. But yeah, man. But cool, man. Uh, dude, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here, man. And it, it's been fun kicking it with you and talking yeah, to you, man. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. So. All right, man. I go do whatever you want, bro. <laughs> you're 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 allowed to leave. Man. Yeah, free go, bro. <laughs> you ever play? You get on online and play Madden at all? Uh, no. I there's people that send me uh, this Xbox. It's like this company that I guess you like have like a face. You play people on Facetime, mm -hmm. like Yoke or something. Yeah. Hmm. That's a thing. Yeah, right, like a player's line. Yeah, ba basic, yeah, basically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. probably think I stole the Xbox. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't had time to do it, but I don't. Know. I was just sitting there, still sitting in the box. Right. Like, if they see this yoke, sorry, it's, it's still sitting in the box. Like, I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, they watch this all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but um, so, but I haven't played. I've not played the new Madden. I've not played. Uh, I don't know. I just, once I started making beats and music and stuff, it's like that became my new video game. Yeah, I was gonna say. Somebody yeah, has yeah. the sticks sitting around. It's like I'll hop on and play. For real? Yeah, I got you. I don't have any down here. Damn, I'm about to be like, man, just play a game. I'll show you guys shit to do. Now this is this is my this is my mad my video game stuff, man. We've got and what's funny is my wife she'll get them for me because I asked for them. So I'm like, oh, that'd be fun to play. No, I so I got into a God of War because somebody said I looked like the guy. I was like, oh, let's check it out. <laughs> it, was, it was fun as hell. And then I played it once and I put it, it it's just, it's a DVD player now. That's all it is, bro. It's an expensive-ass DVD player. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, so I appreciate you, brother. I really, really do, man. Sorry we didn't bro. have uh, a bunch of food for you to eat, but we got tons of Perrier. You can take it's a bunch okay, of yeah. yeah, we got Perrier, I'm Perrier okay. Go, bro. <laughs> I'm not complaining. What's good, man? It's your homeboy, T-Pain. And best believe you have now access to complicated production.